It's your favorite time of the morning. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. Favorite time of the morning on AM Live. It's nine minutes after eight. Thank you so much for uh, staying with us. If you've been with us all morning, if you've just joined us, welcome to the show. Now, bank customers in South Africa continue to experience fraud at the hands of criminal syndicates. Criminals still find it easy to commit these crimes by tapping your card at ATMs, uh, using card readers and various other ways which they find to actually um, uh, part you from your money. Now, this gives the customer the impression um, uh, that uh, there is isn't enough being done to protect them against fraud at uh, this point. And this morning, uh, we are asking you the question, you know, um, not asking a question per se, but basically looking at bank fraud and how uh, we can go about busting the schemes that we currently see. And uh, joining us on the line uh, for this particular discussion is uh, Aubrey Labaskahni, who's a researcher from the uh, Cyber Defense Group. Thanks so much for your time this morning, Aubrey. Uh, thank you very much, Sakina, and good morning to all the listeners. And uh, uh, Susan Potriter, who is the General Manager for Commercial Crimes at the uh, South African Banking Risk Information Centre, SABRIC. Uh, thanks for your time as well. Good morning to you and the listeners. Now, Aubrey, perhaps a good place to start would be by looking at the definition of fraud. Well, basically, the way I see fraud is um, whereby one entity is a, a form, forming a, a misrepresentation and that le- leads to, uh, to to prejudice. So, just an example is you you basically conning a person to think um, something is true without actually realizing the real facts behind the matter. And Susan, when we when we look at uh, fraud, particularly in uh, the banking sector, how big a problem is it in South Africa? Um, Bank-related fraud remains a challenge. It has been for years, and quite honestly, I expect that it will always be a challenge to mitigate this risk. And the reason for that is is because that's where the money is. Criminals are after one thing. They're after the money. And who do they usually target then? We're finding that they're targeting the consumer more and more and more, and there's a good reason for that. Uh, it is because bank systems and bank processes and, and the whole infrastructure of banking is, is, is definitely uh, hardened by the efforts of the industry to make sure that they, uh, you know, that they render bank, uh, safe banking services. So the, um, the, the, the perpetrator sees the consumer as a, as, as a soft spot and, uh, we're finding that they're targeting the consumer more and more. Now, as things stand at the moment, uh, Susan, how would you rate the banking sector's ability to actually police themselves in this regard? Um, I would rank them, and, and I must uh, be very transparent up front, uh, Sabric is a bank um, um, a, a, a banking industry capability, um, so just bear that in mind and don't mm-hmm. think that I'm being prejudiced. Uh, but the, the, uh, the, the South African banking infrastructure is first world. Um, banks have to comply with international best practices. They have got to comply with a horde of uh, standards, um, international um, legal regimes, our own uh, internal requirements. So um, the banking sector is doing everything it can to protect its own infrastructure, its, its, to make its products safe and secure and so forth. The challenge that we all have is that technology has been a game changer. 
So what criminals are doing is they're using all the good technology that the rest of us are excited about. They're actually using to perpetrate crimes. So your home computer uh, has now, you know, the, the responsibility to look after your home computer is now far greater than what it was, for example, five years ago. And, and, and again, I say it's, technology has been a game changer for all of us. Aubrey, what are some of uh, the more well-known, the, some of the better-known uh, schemes that are currently doing the rounds? Well, basically, one of the ones that's very prominent is phishing attacks. And um, uh, Explain another... that, please, for those who may not know. Okay, a phishing attack is, is, is one way of a, a, a criminal trying to get hold of personal information of a, a victim. Now, usually what happens is you receive an email um, whereby you click on a link and then it's asking you for for information. Now, the type of information can vary a lot of, varies quite quite a lot, but what is also uh, asked is usually like a username and a password, and in that way what happens is the the criminal is trying to profile you as, as a person. Once he's got all that information, he can move into the next type of attack. Uh, for example, identity theft um, will be a good example of that. So what can people do to protect themselves against uh, these types of fraud? Well, let's look, let's look at a phishing attack. You, you receive an email. Uh, it looks suspicious. It, it, it can come from a bank. It can come from any vendor, basically. It requires you to, to ask information. Now, it asks you for information. So what happens now is, like, you need to look at the, the information that's been asked. If it's personal information, that should trigger an alarm immediately. If it's asking for a password and a username, that is as well. You then have to look at where does it come from. Is it a legitimate request? Um, in my opinion, a bank will never ask, like, username and passwords or any personal information. Mm-hmm. And then, and, and, uh, but people still obviously are prone to falling uh, prey to this. Um, so, 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 what do they do in the event that they are not certain? Because these things can look very real, Aubrey. Um, uh, so, if 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 someone suspects um, uh, that you know this might actually be something that's legit, should they still then contact their banks? Well, I'd rather contact the bank directly. Um, go to the bank's website directly, because what happens is you can act. Uh, make a fake contact number and put it inside the email. So you as a, as a user will then see that number there and then think you're phoning the bank, but you're not actually phoning the bank, you're phoning the, the criminals. So go directly to the bank. Look at the bank, back of your um, credit card or your debit card or go to the bank's website immediately and then call them directly to ask, um, did they ask this information? Now, you know, just coming to, you know, what actually happens um, after the fact when uh, someone unfortunately has fallen prey uh, to one of these scams um, and has become a victim. Firstly, what is the bank's responsibility, Susan, um, if any, when a fraud like this is perpetrated? Right. Can I just go uh, two steps back, please, mm-hmm. uh, just to, uh, just to, to confirm what's already been said. A bank will never, ever, ever, ever ask you for sensitive information by way of an email. A, a phishing mail will never come from a bank. That is cast in stone. So if a consumer receives a, an email asking, purporting to come from the bank, because it won't be from the bank, it will be a criminal uh, using the, 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 the templates or, or, or branding of a bank to try and trick the victim. If you get a mail like that, delete it. It's, it's simple. Don't ever, ever click on a link, a hyperlink to go to your bank's website. Delete it.
that's the end of the, of the story. Now, had somebody been tricked and fallen victim and disclosed their personal information like username and password, they need to contact their bank immediately and the bank will talk them through the process of how to mitigate their risk. It will include things like changing your username and password because then the credentials that's now in the hands of the criminals won't have any worth. Now, what happens is if, the, if money has moved, what, what happens is the banks investigate each and every incident on, uh, incident on its own merits. So they'll, they'll, they'll follow... Through, they'll look at the, the evidence and see what actually happened here and whether the customer caused the, uh, the, the, the loss, even, even if, it, if, you know, if it's unintentionally. And then uh, they'll, they'll decide with regard to uh, you know, the liability mm-hmm. issue. So every matter gets assessed on its own merits. Yeah, but by that explanation, it seems mm-hmm. that uh, the bank is absolved from any responsibility well, yeah. and the customer then uh, seems to be liable. Let, let, let's talk about that. Um, the banks are doing education continuously. Um, if you go onto their websites, you'll find information about phishing. We as Sabric have done numerous campaigns. We are, we are now talking about uh, crime prevention. For this particular crime to happen, the, the criminal needs your username and password, which is your confidential information. So the only way they can perpetrate the crime is by actually having that in the first place. It's like the key to the safe. If you give away the key to the safe, the criminal is likely to use the key to open the safe. That's where it all starts. So very, very, very important for customers not to give away their confidential information. Criminals will but use it against you. How do you not give away your information? By if not clicking go- on a link. Oh, well, well, well that's the one case, but that's not the only yeah, way in yeah. which fraud is perpetrated. Yeah. No, there are many, many schemes and scams. We're talking about phishing now. Okay, mm, but, mm. But, but just moving beyond phishing, yeah. you know, what is the bank's responsibility when someone um, transacts fraudulently on my account? I mean, because um, I've had an incident like that mm. whereby um, the bank really made it my problem. Okay, okay. If, you, if you'll tell me a little bit about the merits of your matter, maybe okay. I, can, I can help so you. So I'm sitting at home watching television yeah. on a Saturday afternoon yes. and yes. I receive an SMS notification of a transaction. And I immediately call, you know, the helpline, the, li- course, uh, the, yes. the number, and I say to mm-hmm. them, well, mm-hmm. I've just received an SMS and I'm sitting at home, so mm-hmm. what is this about? Mm-hmm. And they asked me, and I was like, no, I have all my cards with me. I have everything right. with me. Mm. And I asked, where is this um, a transaction being made mm. from? And mm. they said it's in Klagsdorp or something. Mm. And I'm like, but I'm sitting in Johannesburg, yes. Yes. you know. Mm. But what I found and, and, and what, is a, what I was aggrieved about subsequent mm. to that mm. was the fact that even though I had proven that, you know, it was not me, I right. had immediately notified them yes. of, um, uh, you know, the um, activity on my account. It was still my problem. The onus of proof mm. rested mm. with me. Mm. And it was as if the bank was just standing at mm. arm's length like, you're going to have to sort this out. We are just here and we'll act upon right. whatever you give us or not. Okay. Um, I'm deducting from what you're describing to me now that it's possibly, a, uh, it was, this transaction is possibly on your card account? Yes. Okay. Firstly, I'm sorry that you've had a bad experience. What criminals do is they compromise card data in various means and happy to speak 
speak about the different ways if, they, if there's time. And then, of course, once they have sufficient data, they then use the information without to do a card transaction without your permission and also without the permission of the bank. Mm. So it's crime. So we must never, ever forget this is not a fight between the bank and its customer. This is us the customer and the bank against the criminals. We must never forget that this this is crime we're talking about. Now, in the scenario that you gave me now is you, you did register for SMS notifications, and that's awesome. And I'd like for all the listeners to, if you haven't done that yet, please learn from this because as soon as the first, first transaction runs and you get that notification, just like you did, you are then able to contact the call center and you can then stop further crimes mm-hmm. from being perpetrated. So that's great. Um, and, and the way you acted is absolutely, the, 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 you know, you did the right thing. Uh, because criminals would have done further transactions had, uh, had you not then mitigated I'm the sure risk. they would. Yes, they would have. Now, with, with regard to the actual incident that occurred, um, the bank does an investigation. They come to a finding. If you're not happy with the finding that they, that they came to, you can go to the banking ombudsman. And the banking ombudsman is then an independent body that will then look at what transpired here, how the bank dealt with it, and will make an independent call on this. So please always remember that if you're not happy with the decision of the bank, you can go to the banking ombudsman. And um, just very briefly, you spoke about you know um, other ways of compromising yes. banking data. If yes, we can do that yes. before we go to calls, no problem. Um, the uh, what criminals do, they they love the card product, and the reason for that is because of the global interoperability. I mean, you can use a credit card anywhere in the world, and it, of late, debit cards have a very similar capability as well. So what they what they try and lay their hands on is the data on the magnetic of the card as well as your PIN number. The importance of the PIN number, which again is your confidential information, and this is where there's often a dispute between, you know, when the investigations happen with regard to how the PIN, the criminals actually got hold of your PIN. Um, they Once they have the, the magnetic strip data and the PIN number, they then put the magnetic strip data, the track data, onto another piece of plastic and they then transact as if it is, was you with your card still in your possession. Mm. Now, they steal the magnetic strip data through skimming. Um, they use technology um, that, that reads the card, the, the, the data on the magnetic strip, and stores it. And then, of course, if they've got the right software package, they then re-encode another piece of plastic. That is, in short, how they get the, the, the track data. Well, I see we already have listeners calling in 0891-104-208 is the call-in number. You can also SMS us on 34701, tweet or Facebook, AM Live on SAFM or at Sakina Kamwendo. And uh, we're talking about banking fraud this morning and uh, we're speaking to uh, Susan Potkita, uh from Sabrik as well as uh, Aubrey Labuskakni, researcher from the Cyber Defense Group. So, Eddie in Cape Town, good morning. Uh, good morning, Sakina. Thanks for taking my call. Um, so firstly, I just want to say, um, send my condolences to the family of uh, in 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 in, in um, Orange Farm. I was really really devastated by that uh, when when I was listening to the news, Sakina. There said, but yeah, moving on to the to the topic. Um, I'm 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 quite actually perturbed, Sakina, that your two guests are looking at things in that simplistic way, which for me. 
It is actually not hurting if you ask me, especially the lady who seems to be really on the bank side. But I, I understand because she said she might be prejudiced because she comes from the bank. Um, for me, the banks are not doing enough, Sakina. Let me tell you why. Um, if you if you Google uh, fraudulent debit orders, two companies come up. Stratcall, a company owned by a lawyer called Henny Hyman. You you get DigiCape. And these companies without sale are the two companies that perpetuate so much fraud in South Africa. Mm? And um, the banks, the, yes, the banks don't do anything about it. I'll tell you a story or my story, Fatina, what happened to me. Um, I had debit orders going off my account without my consent. And I go to my bank, which is FNB, and, and my issue went up all the way to Susan Hassan, who was still the CEO of, 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 of first rank then. What happens is uh, I have an altercation with this guy, Henny Hyman from Stratcore. The debit orders are going off my account. I phone the bank and I say to the bank, um, here's the debit order going off my account. They say, okay, here's the reference of this debit order. I take the reference. I call the number they give me. The number goes to a place in Montague Gardens in Cape Town. I call that number. They say, no, we are collecting on behalf of someone. Okay, fine. And who is this someone? They're saying it's, it's a company called Stratcore. Okay, so what's happening here? What's going to happen? They say, no, no, no. Um, here's the number that you must call. Then I call that number. The number goes to Deben. And this guy says, unfortunately, we are collecting on behalf of other people. And I said, but how can you collect on behalf of other people when this is my account and I never made a consent for that? So what happens is this is reversed. And, and they change everything, and, and we are good. Um, two months later, the same thing happens. I call, I get back to the same company, start call, called um, by Henny Hyman. And it goes back again to Deben. So I said, guys, hang on, um, tell me what is happening here. The bank turns around and says to me, actually, we have a recording where you gave consent that these guys can uh, debit your account. And I said, okay, fine, let's hear that. So... All you hear, Sakina, I went into the bank in, in, in Century City, especially uh, a meeting organized, for me to go listen to this thing that I signed for. All you hear on that thing is this guy asking, are you Mr. So-and-so? And I say yes. From there on, you don't hear what this guy is asking. All you hear me saying is yes. Basically, the, the, this thing goes all the way to Vodacom as well. So the bank and Vodacom basically sell our information that they have to other parties, and I want this lady to dispute that, because my investigation, which I did thereafter, showed me that banks actually sell our information to third parties for money, and those customer lists are basically an asset to them. So this case went on all the way to... to, to. So my issue, Sakina, why I'm saying um, um, I get nauseated by the lady, they, I gave these guys Henny, Hyman, and Stratcore, and these guys, F&B, the management of FNB actually spoke to this guy. And this guy was rude to me. He says to me, um, actually, you, you, why are you always being defrauded? It's because maybe you're asking for return. And FNB had nothing to say to them. Why don't you speak to the ombuds? You banks get together and approach this guy and close his company because basically he's not doing a business. What he's doing is to defraud people. And when I spoke to this guy, I said to him, any business that is worth its salt will try to protect its integrity. So if you say you are debiting on behalf of other people, why would you 
all these millions of people logging on to Hello Peter complaining about your company, and you're still looking at it and dismissing mm. it. So basically, Sakina, for me, banks are not doing enough. Banks want to make money as much as they can for weekly cost. So they see that if they follow up this guy, they will spend money. They don't want to spend money, Sakina. They don't want. So I want that lady to tell me why will they not? This guy is still operating, okay. as I'm telling you. His company is called Stratcall. You go there, digitate, and all these call, or calls always okay. end up in Devon. All right. Always that... in Devon. I can tell you that, yeah? Got you, Eddie, and we'll get a response for you. Yeah. Uh, Ndoweni Malala uh, also coming on Twitter and saying, Stratcall and Absa harbor a known a debit order rogue, um, and, 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 and he actually attaches um, you know, uh, a link to a money web article um, uh, with that particular sentiment. And uh, Bonga M says, I agree with the caller 100% on debit order fraud. Banks do not protect clients at all. And I have experienced a lot of this. And on the forum at eight this morning, we're discussing banking fraud with uh, Susan Potrita, the general manager for commercial crimes at the South African Banking Risk Information Center, Sabric, and uh, Aubrey Labaskagni, a researcher from the Cyber Defense Group. And now, uh, before the break, we spoke to Eddie, and I must say that he struck quite a nerve because um, had quite a flood of messages coming in after that. Let me just read a few of them before you actually respond, Susan. Um, Gosing Pile uh, says, uh, those illegal debit orders are a nightmare and banks always tell you to call whoever is debiting you. Amrojino says, um, some fraudsters makes this look legit and debit amounts are always less than 100 rand, which you don't get a notification for. And that's how it keeps going on. And uh, Fani concurs with that. He says, they deduct 99 rand every month and you won't notice that because it doesn't notify you on your phone. And uh, Pindile says, in Durban, there are companies that specialize in small amount debit orders, and this is facilitated by Stratcall and APSA. And let me just say, Stratcall and APSA, seeing that those names have come up time and time again, I think it's only prudent for us to offer them right of reply to these allegations. So we will do that. But in the meantime, um, Susan, what's your response to what's been raised? you for the opportunity. There is nothing that any of the listeners have said, either verbally or by way of uh, SMS or or tweets, that I cannot identify with. It's a huge, huge nightmare. That's the best way of describing it. Some of the challenges in in this domain is how many players there are, you know, in this business value chain. And, of course, uh, you know, these rogue um, companies who abuse the system know the banking rules even better than, 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 than how we know them ourselves. And they, uh, they uh, you know, go beyond the call of duty to, uh, you know, to abuse and come in under the rules, as was said by the, uh, by the, by the one caller. Now, at Sabric, we uh, have been supporting some police investigations, and um, while this is not common knowledge, and I cannot expand on this, there are intense projects underway with the Hawks uh, to see whether, you know, whether some of these rogue um, companies can actually be um, be uh, prosecuted criminally for what they're doing, because it's blatant fraud. There's nothing more to it. It's fraud if the consumer did not give the company consent to deduct money from the account. It is fraud. It's, 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 it's very clear. Now, the, the, the challenge from a bank perspective is that the, the, the way this process works is there's a company out there who, who alleges to have a contract with the consumer. 
they then use a collecting agent to collect the debits for them. The collecting agent will then use a bureau, and the, the name of Stratcall was mentioned. That's a typical example of a bureau. The bureau then does the processing with the switch, where the interbank switch, where the you know, you know where the actual call for the money from the consumer's bank account happens, and where the actual payment happens, and then the money goes down the you know go down the chain again back to the company who who alleges to have the proof. Uh, I've heard more than one example of where um, the 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 the, um, the victim has asked for a recording. Um, I'm actually surprised that the gentleman that was on the call said that he was able to listen to something because the the excuse I am used to is that the recording wasn't working on the day and so forth. Mm. So everything I, I, you know, everything that was said is stuff that I've already heard and that I know consumers are being frustrated with. Um, I would suggest if you're going to pick this up in, a, in another program that you also speak with PASA, the Payments Association of South Africa. They have done extensive work to, um, to address some of the shortcomings in the interbank payment space, you know, the, the, the clearing rules in order to um, to identify these people. What they also do is they change their names. So today they'll be called XYZ, tomorrow it will be ZYX. They also change the amounts because a, a victim will go to the bank and say, please, I didn't give permission for XYZ to deduct 99 rand from mm. my account. Then that company next month, it's another name and it's now not 99, it's now 95. And what consumers must just bear in mind is that it's very difficult for any organization to monitor these things manually. So when they change rules, um, it's, it's, they use technology for the monitoring. So if it was 99 and it's now 95, it's different. The, the, the technology doesn't apply human intelligence, you know. So, um, yes, it's a nightmare. It's unacceptable. Um, and uh, the banks take this very seriously. Uh, a lot of work has been done, uh, but I don't think that we're totally on top of it yet. Doesn't seem like it, and it doesn't no, seem as though uh, the uh, customers are very happy at this point. Yeah. Because, you know... For good and, reason. For good reason. Absolutely. Yeah. But, again, it seems as though, you know, the banks seem to step away from the problem and yeah. they leave you holding the yeah. baby. It's, 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 it's a very, very unfortunate situation, and it's because of the, the process. When the, bank, when the bank processes the transaction, it's in good faith with the belief that all of the paperwork and all of the consents are, in fact, in place. And the, 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 there are lots of players, as I explained. So the transaction that comes to the bank at the end of the day might have come through a bureau like Stratcol. So there's a... There's a, there's a arm's length between the the, 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 the entity abusing the process and the actual bank who is the banker of the victim. Mm. Very technical, very technical, and um, probably I'm not the best person to explain the, you know, the business process, uh, but uh, we, are, we are aware, and everything that the consumers have said is, um, is uh, of, you know, speak to the challenges that, that, um, that have passed my desk in the last couple of, well, it's not even a couple of months. It's, it's mm. been going on for a long time. Well, Mzwandile um, Mdalose says FNB uh, seems to have become proactive on this, mm. where there are debit order applications. They first. 
um, uh, uh, basically uh, contact the client through SMS right. to state that, you know, this uh, request has come through. Yes, yes. Okay, but um, uh, Aubrey, I'll come to you in just a moment because there are quite a number of uh, questions on ATM fraud. But let's just go back to the lines and uh, get uh, queries from listeners first. Um, uh, Litho Honolo in Joburg, good morning. Good morning, Sakina. How are you? Well, and you? Um, well, I'm fine, Sakina. Um, a couple of years ago, my identity was stolen uh, and and goods were purchased from uh, one of the top banks in South Africa. It includes a car worth about 800000 uh, and And, you know, a number of things. Now, the problem I had is they, when you go to report the case at the police station, the police station will then send you to the bank. When you get to the bank, the bank sends you back to the police station. So you do a back and forth. And I heard one of the, your studio uh, guests saying that you must call the ombudsman. I called the ombudsman. Today, the ombudsman has not done anything. And it got to a point where now the lawyers for the bank, um, I sent them my personal details, such as my ID and so forth. And they confirmed that uh, the documents they received are different from the documents which I've sent them. But still, they do not want to give me the document so that I can go and open the case. So how does one address this? And over and above that, uh, one of the things I've noticed is if you are a standard bank uh, customer and you use your check card, uh, you can put, you can swipe for something today, and the SMS will come three, four days later. How does one then address that? You know what I mean. So I think those there. That's my input. All right. Thank you so much um, uh, for that call, uh, Little Honolo. No, let's go to Little Honolo. That was Little Honolo. Uh, let's go to Kolani Numtata this morning. Good morning. Hi, Sakena. Hi. The the access, sometimes we need to look at in terms of how do these criminals access the account your account details. It's not always through the banks. I'm not here to defend the banks, but we need to also take into account that the companies that sometimes we deal with, they've got a section, a form in that section for marketing purposes. So if you go, I'll use whether it's a through the dealer directly or a clothing shop. So you provide all these details, and then there's a marketing form, which this uh, institution finds that is interlinked to other companies. That's how then your details get spread into, into the network. And out of that, then you will end up getting those unnecessary calls. But the challenge that I would like to bring into the fore, especially your guests that they need to look at, is the fact that if they speak about the beer and that bureau receives from companies and then they start debiting because the debit order function per se, that is given to big companies. So whoever is allowed to debit, you must know it's not a minor company, it's a huge company. So if that company does not screen their people or their companies that wants them to do the work for them, then that bureau should be shut down. The Umbud together with Subric should actually start screening why are we getting these problems through this burial center? Shouldn't we then refer it and then be investigated? But that is something that they need to look at, is that access to banking details is not always through the bank. All right. Thanks, Thanks Kolani. Um, Yaj in Cape Town, good morning. Uh, morning, Sakina. Uh, no discussion about banks and fraud is complete without the mention of the banking system itself being fraudulent fraudulent because very few people understand the system of fractional reserve banking where banks um, pretend to be intermediaries and uh, when they create loans when they issue loans they are lending they pretend to lend other people's money when in in fact they are creating new money all the time each time loans are issued and unless 
And until such time, the public understands how the system works, we will not find solutions to our financial and economic crises uh, in South Africa and also globally. Thank you, Yaj. Let's go to Limpopo now. Temele, good morning. Morning. Oh, I'm I'm listening to 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 your guest there. It it, it feels like she's she's reading from a textbook because what is happening on the ground is is, is far fetched from what she's explaining there. I'll give you my story on the on the eighth of August. Hello, are you still there? We're listening. Yes, on the eighth of August, I received an SMS that uh, three thousand nine hundred and nineteen hundred rand was just from my account. Uh, by uh, a transaction that was done through Zappos.com. So I called the bank. Firstly, the bank was not surprised. They are aware of that scheme. And then all what they informed me is that uh, I need to go and open the case. Then they will investigate. And actually, they tell me exactly how that uh, scheme operates. But, you know, I have got a check check account with with, uh, uh, APSA. If I write a, out a check to somebody before they cash it, they, they call me and for me to confirm. So I wonder why don't they do, uh, use the same uh, principle when uh, transactions are being done from the companies that uh, they know are involved in uh, unscrupulous dealings. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Temele. And uh, perhaps, you know, um, uh, I can put in this one here from uh, Tolani as well, who says, shouldn't banks be flagging companies that receive the most complaints about, uh, they receive the most complaints about and apply more stringent checks? Susan? Right. There is a, a horde of issues that were raised now. Do you want me to, uh, yes, please, to run, you can run as many them, as yes. I possibly can? I know we're under time constraints now. Right. First and foremost, the gentleman that spoke about the late SMS notification. The whole objective of the SMS notification is for it to be timely because otherwise, you know, you can't respond to it. So um, I, if, 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 if I would like to encourage him to complain to his bank about that because it's unacceptable to get the SMS three days later. It's not going to it's not going to help at all. Uh, with regard to identity theft, very important for listeners to know that you can actually register at the South African Fraud Prevention Services if you've been a victim of, of identity theft, if you've lost your ID book, would be an example as well, so that you actually have a record and a reference number should your ID surface in any application after the fact, um, and, and where somebody is actually, use, you know, when somebody uses it fraudulently. So please just keep that in mind. Go to their website. You'll get more information there. Um, access to account details. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's true our, our our information is not just at the bank. Um, and um, most certainly we would like to encourage everybody to please, please, please be very particular with regard to who you give your information out to. Yes, your information is at the bank as well. And everywhere where there is an aggregation of information, there is obviously a risk, and, and pe- people have a responsibility to look after your information. Um, when it comes to the um, the screening of the bureaus, um, it, again, it's not my area of expertise uh, when it c- comes to speaking about internal bank processes or even interbank processes, but I am aware of the fact that uh, the a part of the review of the debit order process has included specific um, measures 
to make sure that rogue users are in fact identified and that there is repercussions for bureaus that bring rose, you know, rogue users into the system. So at least that is a step forward. Mm. And um, um, then also just a few because unfortunately mm. we have to let Susan go. So I'm just uh, trying to rummage through some of the ones that uh, you could uh, possibly, yes. you know, just answer very quickly. Uh, Tammy uh, and Noel talking about bank officials uh, who are colluding with criminals in this right. regard. Um, Samora uh, talks about ATM fraud, says, uh, when at an ATM, I always notice people who ask security or other customers for help when withdrawing. Why do banks just issue cards and never educate people on how an right. ATM actually works? Is this legal? Okay. Um, let, me, let me start with the ATM one. Please never accept assistance from anybody at the ATM. Don't ask the security guard. D- don't even ask a person who, who has a bank badge, you know, a bank-branded badge on them. Rather go inside the banking hall and get assistance from inside. Unfortunately, criminals do uh, sometimes purport to be bank officials in order to create a sense of um, um, security amongst the, you know, the public and then uh, of course they, they they won't give you the right information so please go inside the bank with regard to collusion with bank staff uh, it's something that can happen um, it's something that the banks are very much aware of and um, if anybody has any information of bank officials uh, colluding with criminals please use all the hotlines and um, all the uh, the facilities out there for you to, um, to you know to share that information we don't want uh, a, a rogue bank employees he's in the system so please come forward with that information and uh, just before i let you go here's a parting one from teboho machila who says if i'm looking after your money in my house i'm responsible for whatever risk may occur so the banks must take full responsibility and seemingly they are not Right. I don't I don't think it's totally fair to say that they don't take any responsibility at all. There are more than one um, victim of crime out there that's put claims in after they've been unfortunate. Again, it's not the bank in the instances that I'm talking about now that actually stole the money. It was instances of crime, but where banks do investigate and they do, even if they were, didn't cause the crime, they do, you know, they do reimburse their customers. Whether the bank must or mustn't take uh, responsibility, most certainly uh, banks have to take responsibility and us together uh, we need to fight crime so um, I, 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 you know, I do agree and uh, that um, banks must make sure that bankies is as safe as they can possibly make it Susan, thank you so much uh, for your time this morning of course uh, far from exhausting all of this uh, but I'm sure we'll do a follow-up program at some point Thank you very much for the opportunity. Bye-bye. And that was Susan Potrita, General Manager for Commercial Crimes at the South African Banking Risk Information Center, SABRIC. And unfortunately, uh, she's had to go. But we still have Aubrey Labaskagny with us, a researcher from the Cyber Defense Group. And um, some questions for you to answer here as well uh, in trying to help our listeners this morning, Aubrey. Um, uh, Here's one. Mumbala asks, how easy is it for hackers to take over my laptop and gain access to my personal details? And how effective is something like an antivirus? Okay, so um, well, thanks for the good question. What, what can happen in that case is, let's say I send you an email, and on that email is a PDF. And then I embed a, a malware, and that's malicious software, inside the PDF. So 
If I can entice you to actually open that PDF, um, the malware will then execute, which will then infect the computer. Uh, sometimes antivirus programs do doesn't pick up new, new malware or malicious software. So what then happens is that malware will then infect the computer and then capture uh, the information on your computer, and that can be done in, in different ways. So that is one way of, of doing it. Mm -hmm. Now, how do I entice you to actually open the email and the PDF? Um, lots of people are using social networking sites, and lots of people like to um, express their points of view using these sites. So if you are very verbal or emotional about a certain topic, I can then physically use that topic and then customize the email uh, according to your emotional trigger. So, for example, if I don't, if I if I uh, rant on, on social media about, and just an example now, um, e-polling, for example, if I see that, then I can use the theme of my email around around that topic to entice you, and then you, the probability of you opening that PDF or the malicious software is then very high. So that's one way of doing it. So, you know, um, obviously then, uh, as someone was saying earlier, people need to be careful about, you know, uh, basically opening documents as well uh, that they don't know because, as you've just explained, it's actually that easy, um, you know, to trap someone into that. On the issue of ATMs, now many questions around this, um, but here's a question. Um, don't cameras capture these criminals when they trap your card at ATM um, machines, because if people are standing there and they're getting defrauded because those cards are trapped, what is the ATM machine recording then, the, the camera? Okay, so I think one has to take in consideration a criminal will know there's a camera. Okay, so what you can do is if I wear a hat, it will be very difficult to identify the person. So that's one way of how criminals will circumvent that, that control measure. Um, before Susan left, she talked about the security guard standing outside the ATM. Mm -hmm. So oh, the, the way criminals can, can use it as well is like in you've got a person standing out dressed as a security officer. A person comes to, to the security officer for help how to use ATM. That um, officer has got like a, a credit card skimming machine with him. So while he's walking to, towards the, the ATM, he skims the, the credit card. So he captures all the details that he requires. Then he hands back the, the credit card to the person, uh, or the, 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 the card, and then that person will then feed it into the system. And of course, the guard will then stand back because he, he's not going to be allowed to see the, the, the PIN number. But now what is what can happen is you can have a, a third person with a mobile device, like a, a video, and you make a video of the person keying the, the, the strokes or the, uh, the PIN number. And in that case, you've got both. Then you've got the, the clone, the card information, and you've got the PIN number. And then you can go back, and then you uh, make a new card with the information, and then you just walk to ATM. And in that way, you can actually then get access to the money. Mm. So it is... It's a very, it, it's actually a, a, a cat and mouse game to a certain extent because you have control systems in place, but the criminals know about these control systems, and then they find ways to circumvent it. Now, the, the one thing that is very important to be is user education, and, and, and that will um, strengthen, not always take it away, but it will protect users more or people more against these types of attacks.
Here's one from Vuyo Ebai. It's just a comment, but he yeah. says, um, uh, you know, um, tongue-in-cheek says, the car track data is supposed to be so highly encrypted that not even Satan can decrypt it. But clearly that is not happening. And then uh, this one here uh, from um, Mshula says, some speed points in shops override the PIN. They don't require a PIN even though the card has a chip. So can you explain that? Um <clears throat> With regards to the, the, the credit card, uh, credit cards with got a pin chip on it or the chip machine uh, mm-hmm. chip on it, if you go to a vendor and their credit card machines doesn't accommodate for the chip card, it will then default to the old way of just swiping. But then why? Uh, well, why aren't they up to speed with the latest technology then? Well, they, I, I cannot answer that for 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 the vendor, but I have, in my own experience, I have gone to certain vendors and then. When you get there, you, you give them a card with the chip on it. And it does, if it doesn't work, then they go to the swipe. And um, swiping means it bypasses all security uh, measures that um, is being put in place. Well, taking us backwards then, isn't it? Um, there's a number of um, SMSs coming through as well, most of them talking about the debit order situation. Um, Jack in Alberton, I've noted you. I think what needs to happen is that we need to get perhaps the banks in so that they can each respond to uh, some of the issues that are raised. So we'll try and organize a roundtable of sorts of some of um, you know the banks here. Even if we need to take two takes, we'll do that because Clearly, um, just from the correspondence this morning, it seems as though there is a big problem with a banking fraud in this country. But unfortunately, that's all we have time for this morning. And Aubrey, I must thank you for uh, helping us out and explaining some of the more technical issues this morning. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Have a good day. And that was Aubrey Labaskagne, a researcher from the Cyber Defense Group. And I see um, one of our legal journalists has also picked up on this, asking many questions around the issue of, um, uh, you know, these debit orders. Um, so I'm sure someone is going to run with this story. But as I said, we will um, try to get the banks here represented so that they can answer more of your specific questions. Thanks so much for your participation. Fantastic as always. And to the production team for making sure it was all good.